0: Alrighty, guys. A little different order of service than we normally do, but that's okay because it's a special day. It's Mother's Day, amen? And so this morning we're going to be taking our tithes and our offering and going before the Father in prayer as we open up our, my sermon this morning. So let's go before the Father in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the ability to meet in this place today, Lord. I thank you for your presence that's activated, Lord. I thank you just for your word, Heavenly Father, I ask you, Lord, allow it to come alive to us today, Lord. Allow it, Lord, to not just be a good, good scripture text, Lord, but allow it to be something that we can apply uh, in our lives, Heavenly Father. And I thank you for that, Lord. Use me as a vessel to bring forth your glory and what you want to be said, Lord. Lord, increase in me and let myself decrease, Heavenly Father, and so you can increase, Heavenly Father, in me, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the tithes and offerings we're about to receive, Lord. I thank you for the finances. I thank you for the gifts and the giver. And I ask you to bless each one according to your word we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Youth, you may be, If you haven't left already. Jeremiah, there you go. You're good. And Ryan. This morning is a day that we recognize our mamas. And so it was fitting to name my sermon, Mama Knows Best. Say that with me, Mama Knows Best. And I thought it would be fitting to come up with some mama quotes we all have mama quotes, right? Some of them, uh, they, they, they came from well-known people, and so maybe you may know, and maybe you may not know who, who said them. Some of them came from our culture and, and the different uh, uh, songs or movies that we have. But the first one here, let go to the next slide here. So my mother was the most beautiful woman I ever saw. All I am I owe to my mother. I attribute all my success in life to the moral intellectual and physical education I received from her you know who who said that no George Washington good good guess (laughs) the next quote he said two of them go to the next line says mama was my greatest teacher a teacher of compassion love and fearlessness if love is sweet as a flower then my mother is that sweet flower of love I I bet no one knows what who this is Jonathan said it, right? <laughs> the first one, it is actually Stevie Wonder. The next one says, he had two quotes that I put on here. All that I am or hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. He also says, No man is poor who has a godly mother. Another president of ours, former president, is Abraham, Abraham Lincoln. Then we go on to the next one. My mama always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And he also said mama said stupid is as stupid does. And who's that? Forrest Gump. There we go. The next one. Mama said knock you out. Our young young bucks like me in here. Who said that? LL Cool J. <laughs> then we have a next one. Some of the, uh, the, the, the wise people in here will, will get this. Mama said there'll be days like this. Who said that? It's a song, but who sung it? Come on. Who sung it, Mama? Huh? The Shirelles. See, I knew my mama would get that right. The The Shirelles. And then we had another mama, again from my age. Mama said, little girl's of the devil, fool's balls of the devil, and Ben Franklin's of the devil. Who said that? Bobby Boucher from Waterboy. Thought that would be uh, fun to, to go over there. But what, where would we be at without our mothers? And we wouldn't be here. I said it earlier, we would not be here, that's for sure. This morning, we're going to be looking at the book of Exodus. And over the next, I don't know, weeks, months, the rest of the year, I don't know, the book of Exodus is, is long, we'll be looking at the life of Moses. Now, this morning we're going to be taking a look at the birth of Moses. Now, before we dive into the book of Exodus, we got to do a little backtrack of what happened. Okay, Exodus is the second book of the Bible. First, first, first book is Genesis. And we know from the book of Genesis that Abraham was promised uh, uh, to be a father of many nations, okay? In his late years, actually at the ripe old age of 100, him and Sarah had a son named Isaac. Isaac turned around and he had a son named Jacob. And a lot of times, Jacob is, is, is referred to Israel. So if you hear Jacob and Israel, they're one of the same if you hear the Israelites, they came from Jacob. It depends on if he was obeying God or not obeying God. Like my name was Dennis Michael growing up if I did not obey my parents, and it was Dennis if I did, right? For my wife, it's, it's baby if she loves me, and it's Dennis if she doesn't like me at that point, right? So Jacob, you see, he, uh, his name was, was, was Jacob, and he had 13 kids in total. All right, mercy on him. Twelve boys and one girl. And we know from, from, his, from the, the biblical text that he had two sons from his precious wife, Rachel, Benjamin, and then we also had um, uh, uh, jo- uh, Joseph, been blank there, Joseph. And we knew that Joseph was the eldest son of Rachel in, in his relationship, and the other uh, 10 older boys hated him. And you know the story, Joseph, the coat of many colors, Joseph went and, and, and was captured by his brothers. Sold off to the Egyptians to be enslaved and was taken to the land of Egypt. God had favor upon Joseph's life, and because God had favor upon Joseph's life, God allowed Joseph to become second in command of Pharaoh. Fast forward through the end of uh, through, through, um, uh, Genesis, we have Joseph now, and his brothers come to Joseph because they're looking for food. At the time they didn't know it was Joseph and they pleaded with him and Joseph knew it was his brothers and thought, huh, you thought you're going to get rid of me But in reality I have authority over you. And we know that Joseph didn't use his authority bad. In fact, he saved the life of his father and his brothers. Brought him into Egypt and they were fruitful and they multiplied and and, and, uh, they did a lot of great things in Egypt. And then we see though that Joseph and his generation died, and what came next was a new king, and we know always a new king forgets what happened in the background, right? And so that new king forgets what happens, and he looks at the Israelites, and they were numerous now, and he says, this is not right. We can't have all these people uprising, because what's going to happen if we go to war and they go, and they go against us, we're going to lose. So they put him in slaves and they, they put him in force them of hard labor. And that's how the Israelites get into Egypt and become enslaved to Egypt. And if we know our Bible stories, we know that Moses is the deliverer of the Israelites from Egypt, right? And was able to take him 40 years wandering, and we'll get to that in many, many, many weeks. 40 years wandering in the wilderness to the promised land. And unfortunately, Moses didn't see it himself but he was the one that initiated the release, amen? But when you think about that story, and you think about Moses, it all started with what? The birth of Moses. If there was no birth of Moses, then at that point, who knows, there'd be an exodus from Egypt. If there was no exodus from Egypt, the, Jesus wasn't uh, uh, born like he was supposed to be and prophesied, and then the rest is history. But it all started with who? starts with our mamas, right? It starts with our moms. I know that it takes two to tangle, and I'm a father. I know I get it, but we don't give birth. It's our mamas that give birth to us. And this morning, we're going to be looking at Moses' mother. Her name is do I like that name, huh? Jochebed. And we think about women of the Bible. We don't think about Moses' mother. We don't think about her as a strong person or a strong, uh, a, a courageous woman. We, we don't even, there's not much even in, in the text about her. But I'm here to tell you today that there are characteristics in her life that we can apply to our life. And I'm not just speaking about the mamas today, even though it's Mother's Day. I'm talking about our, us men, us women, us single people who have no children. It's, a, it's, it's about taking it and applying it to our lives this morning. So there's four things I want us to see about Jochebed, Moses' mother. The first one is found in verse 1, Exodus chapter 2, verse 1, and it says, Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman. So the first thing I want you to see about her is her credentials. Credentials. We always talk about our credentials or about our education, or what our history was like, that's what our credentials are. You go to a job interview, they want to know what your background is, right? That's your credentials. That's what you've earned, and that's what your experience is. For her, it was she was an Israelite. And an Israelite was God's chosen people. And then the Bible also says in verse 1 that she came from the tribe of Levi. And why is that significant? Levi is one of the 12 uh, 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 sons of Jacob, or Israel, okay? One of the 12 sons. Came from the 12 tribes of, of, of Israel one is Levi and Levi the Levites were the priests okay they came they came from Levi and they were also in charge in carrying out the duties of the tabernacle and later later they also were in charge of keeping up with the temple and so we see here that she came from an important family right she's an Israelite for the tribe of Levi and we can see here and think you know what she's a very important person we can look at her and we can look at her as a biblical person. We can say, man, look at what she did while, while, while saving Moses. We'll get to that in just a second. Look what she did in the time where Moses should have been dead. She's very important. And her credentials speak highly of who she is. And a lot of times I think we refer to biblical characters or biblical people. And we look at them and say, man, if I could only be half the man of David or if I can be only the, half the mother of Jochebed, or if I can be only half the, 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 the man of Moses, or mother of Hannah, whatever it may be. And we look at that and say, we can't do that. We can't accomplish that, because we don't have the credentials of an Israelite, or we don't have the credentials of a Levi. I'm here to tell you today that we can. There's no difference between you and I and Jochebed. There, there is no difference between us what so ever we are people. They, she was a person. There is no difference between us. Whatsoever. In fact, Jesus tells us Himself. He tells us in in John fourteen twelve. He says, "Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing." Isn't that amazing? Whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. And you look at Jesus' works, and you're like, how is that possible? But it is possible because if not, we're calling Jesus, and I said this a few weeks ago, and it hurts in the heart, is we're calling Jesus a liar. If we don't believe it, we're calling him a liar. What he says here is, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And then he says, and then, and they will do even greater things than these. Are you serious? Are you serious? When you think about that, that that is amazing when you think about it. Because when Jesus says is whatever whatever I've done, you can do it as well. Not only can you do it, but you can even go greater than me. We live in an age and time we can do greater than Jesus. You know why? Because we live in an age of technology. Jesus was one in a one. We have an option of of, 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 of hitting thousands upon thousands of millions of millions upon people do greater things than him. That's amazing when you think about it. But then you can say, well, I don't have the characters of Jesus. I don't don't have the credentials of Jesus. I don't have the credentials of Jochebed. I'm going to tell you today, don't worry about the credentials. Don't worry about who she is. What Jesus says, that's who you need to worry about. What he says, we are that's the most important credentials that we can possess amen first peter tells us four of them first peter 2 9 this is but you are a chosen people someone say i'm chosen then he goes a royal priesthood say i'm a royal priesthood a holy nation say a holy nation god's special possession say god's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into the wonderful light. He says there that you are what? Chosen, that you are royal, that you are a holy nation, and you're God's special possession. What credentials do you got? You can't bless, you, 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 can't, you can't beat that. You can't beat that. Amen. And I think that there's times in, in, in this world that we put different credentials on us and the credentials are not meant for us to carry because he says that we are a chosen people. We can say, I don't, well, God doesn't care about me. No, God cares about you. In fact, he chose you, amen? And then he goes, you're a royal priesthood. I'm nobody. No, what do you mean you're nobody? You're a royal priesthood. You're part of the royal family. Tabloids should be following you around, Amen? Think about that, right? Whatever the princess and the, you know, Prince Harry and whoever they are, I don't pay attention to none of it, but so there's some faithful followers out there and Kate, Kate Middleton and all the other ones. I don't know who they are, but you know what I'm talking about. They follow them, and the thing is, is we're part of that royal priesthood, amen? The holy nation, God's special possession. You're, you're, you're not nobody. You're God's special possess, possess, possession, Amen? And we need to realize what God has said about us. Because your credentials are higher than what you think. Amen? Do you believe that? Amen? Your credentials, you don't believe it. Your credentials are higher than what you believe. Amen? Okay? Your credentials are higher than what you believe. The second thing we see in verse 2, it says, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. Second thing I want you to see this morning is her courage. We see Jochebed became pregnant. She has a, a son. We, we know the son is Moses. Exodus 115 tells us that the king told the midwives every child that is burned on the birthing table kill it. Every boy, kill it. Let the girls live. Every boy that was birthed on the birthing table to kill it. And the midwives said, no. They said, no, because you know why? I have more fear over God than I do over the king. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to kill the baby. So then the king goes, and he takes it a step further in Exodus one twenty-two, He says, then Pharaoh gave the order to all his people, every Hebrew boy that is born you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. He said, that's fine. They have birth. They beat you to it. Because their excuse, midwife's excuse was, listen, these, these Israelites, they're, they're just awesome women. They go, and they have birth, and they don't even call the midwife. He said, that's fine. They don't call the midwife. Next time, next time you see a baby, just kill it. Throw it into the Nile because they were afraid of the Israelites. Throw it in the Nile, a baby boy, if it was born. See, she was courageous because she defied the king's order. She could have been put to death, but she said, It doesn't matter. I'm going to do not just the right thing, but I'm going to do the godly thing. Let me tell you this, church. We live in a time, and I think we get immune to the time we live in. But we live in a time that is very evil. I always think back. My mom always tells me stories back in the '60s and '70s. I could have my errors wrong. I didn't want to say '60 or '70, '60s and '70s. That they, the worst thing that could possibly be seen is Elvis going back and forth doing the shake. Think about that. That's nothing compared to what we see today. And they said, that was like the worst thing they could possibly see in church. i tell you what, you could probably do the pelvis shake here in church and we wouldn't even consider it worse anymore. You know, not a bad thing compared to what's out there in the world. But I'm here to tell you today that us as men and women, we need to be the Jochebeds. We need to stand up and courageously say, this is what's going to happen, is I'm going to live a life of God and I'm going to be godly in my life and I'm going to go and I'm going to reach after the things of God and I'm not going to compromise my faith with the world, but I'm going to set forward and continue pressing on. Amen? We live in a world that we need Jochebeds. It's not the popular thing to do, but it's the needed thing to do. The popular thing to do was throw your kid in the Nile. The the rule was throw your kid in the Nile. Boy, throw him in the Nile. Kill him. But she stood courageously and said, I'm not going to do that. She took a stand. Amen? She chose to uh, oppose that order. That's what we need today, church. These parents standing up, a couple here, a couple here, a couple here, stood up today, and they stood in front of you, in front of me, and said, this is what we're going to do, is we're going to be a house that is focused on God, and we're going to be raising godly children, and we're going to be a godly couple. That was a commitment that they made today, amen, to courage, we don't want to stand up here, and we don't want to, to, to do all these things. But they did it, and they took courage for them to do so. And you know what they said? They said exactly what Joshua said in 24, 24 verse 15. He says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living, but Joshua said, but as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. Choose the Lord you're going to serve. If the, Lord Christ, if the Lord Jesus Christ seems undesirable to you, then choose who you're going to serve. Because you either serve the Lord or you serve the world. You can't serve the Lord in the world that doesn't go hand in hand like that. You serve the world or you serve the Lord? Joshua said, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That takes courage, amen? I have a a child who's 11 who wants to go out and, and do things, and I'm telling him it's fine to go have fun as long as it's clean fun. There's times he'll say, why can't I watch this on TV or why can I not do this? Because in our house, as long as you live in my roof, you will serve the Lord, amen? And that is a call that we have as parents as individuals is to serve the lord amen amen but the question this morning is will you be a joke a will you serve the lord in your household Will you be courageous and not do the popular thing but do the godly thing amen the third thing we see and this is powerful verse 2 3 through 8 Continues on, and says, but when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him, coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it, put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at the distance to see what would happen to him. And Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it up and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Verse 7 says, then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Verse 8 says, yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. The third thing I want us to see this morning is her faith. It's her faith. Amen? Jochebed has faith in the will of the sovereign God. Her faith is so strong that we see in Hebrews 11, we, we all know the Hall of Fame, right? There's a Hall of Faith in Hebrews 11 and it talks about all those um, that, 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 that went in the faith. And so we see here in Hebrews 11, verse 23, it says, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. See, it took Moses, uh, they hid Moses, took courage, took faith to hide Moses for three months. But it took faith to place him in the Nile. I want you to think about that. The Nile was a place that babies were tossed in to die. She took her baby and she placed it in the Nile, which was for death. She placed him in the Nile, a place of death. But she placed him in a basket. She did what the, what, what the pharaoh asked. She placed him in the Nile. It just happened to be a basket. But Let me tell you this. Don't think that that negates her faith. Because it doesn't. If anything, it makes it stronger. The reason being is she took that baby, she placed him in a basket, and she allowed God at that point to do his thing. Do your thing, Lord. I give it to you. That took faith, amen. Let me tell you this: that's a hard thing to do. Is is allow your 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 kids to to let them go. Okay. I'll tell you what: there was a uh, three years ago we took Dennis to basketball summer camp at Cal State San Bernardino. He was eight at the time, and we went in and we went through Casales Arena and the tunnels down there, and we get to there and he said, "This is my son. He's eight years old. His name's Dennis." And he said, "Okay, that's fine, Dennis." Go play we'll, we'll do drills in a minute and we looked at each other and we said okay we'll pick him up at I think it was like 2.30, 3 o'clock and I kid you not we looked at each other and we're like okay I guess we'll go and we just stood there like we're we gonna go or not and then eventually we said okay I guess we'll we gotta get going so we walked down that tunnel and mind you we were picking the boy up at 2.30 right we walked past down that tunnel and I wanted to cry but I was like I'm holding it in I'm not gonna cry I looked at, my, looked at my wife, and she had tears coming down her eyes. And I was like, you're crying? She's like, yeah, I don't, don't want to cry too. Huh? She's like, why? I don't know. I don't know. You know why? Because it's hard to let your child go. He was in this big 5,000-seat arena at Cal State San Bernardino with a bunch of kids that he never knew to play basketball for the week. And it was hard to let him go. You know, we experienced this, this a few, two weeks ago. I thought I dropped Dennis off on a Tuesday for summer camp. I mean, for, for science camp at school, and he would have been gone. He was first time ever he was away from us. It was Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. He came back Friday, and she calls me up at work and says, "I just dropped him off." I said, "Okay," and it was quiet. I said, "Here it comes." I just don't know if I should go back and watch him enter the bus and leave, and I just feel so bad because I have to go to work. And I was like, "He's fine." Letting your child go, is tough. It's tough. It's hard to let your child go to a camp or to a basketball clinic. But can you imagine that mother who had to place her child in the basket to watch her watch him go where she didn't know. All she knew was the hand of God was upon his life. That's all she knew and that was good enough for her. Think about that. You know, she held on to the baby for 3 months. 3 months. It's hard to ignore a crying baby. If you think about it, there's others in the area that t- took their baby and had to toss him in the Nile. And you know how people are. They're shady sometimes. People are just can be just rude and wrong. And you know, if you had to throw your baby in the Nile the next door neighbor didn't, you're like, uh-uh, Jehokabed next door. She didn't throw her baby in the Nile. And I'm going to go tell somebody right now, right? She held on to him for three months. Why? I think because she struggles with the fact that I have a plan, but I just don't want to let him go. I don't want to let him go. Hebrews 11, verse 1, says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and insurance about what we do not see. She she had hope that God would take care of her baby. She didn't see it. She didn't know it. She didn't know what was going to happen, but she hoped and she had assurance that whatever happened, God would be involved in that baby's life. But I'm here to tell you today that it wasn't until she let go of her child in that Nile that God was able to take control of that situation, guide that baby down the Nile into Pharaoh's daughter's area to have Moses live. You know, that's like that in our lives as well. I think there's times we want to hold on to something so tight. We want control over our situation. We want control over our life. And we're not willing just to let it go. Let me tell you this. You've heard of there's too many hands in the pot. Well, when we have things and our hands upon it and we're like, God, do something with it. I can't because your hands are in it. Get your hands off of it. Give it to God. Allow God to do what he pleases with it. And at that point, you will see the hand of God move in your life. It wasn't until she gave her baby up and she put him in the basket and let him go down the Nile that God was able to dictate where that baby was going to go. Amen? It's so hard to let go, but I'm telling you, there's things in our life, church, that we got to let go. And say, God, have it. Do what you wish with it. Do as you please. Do as, whatever you want to do, amen? Let it go. The fourth and final thing, which is pretty amazing, verse 9 and 10, this Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. Verse 10 says, when the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. The fourth thing I want you to see is her reward. Amen? It was her reward. Go back a a, a slide. Check this out. Pharaoh's daughter gets the baby. Remember? Remember? Moses' sister was probably watching from afar. I can imagine as your mother, you put it in there, and you probably went and prayed, and, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen with my baby. And the, the, the sister was out looking around like, where is the kid? There he, there he is. I'm going to go back further. There he is. Wait, the Pharaoh's daughter has him. Okay, she has him in her arms. I'm going to go up to him and, and, and talk with her. I know a Hebrew lady who can, can feed him. You do go get her. Okay. I had no clue. It was his own mom. Think about that. Her reward was she was able to see Moses live. But that's not all. She was able to teach him in the customs of the Jewish people. But that's not all. She was able to teach him about God and instill godly wisdom in that young child. But that's not all. She got paid for doing it. Think about that. I would love to get paid for taking care of my own child. It doesn't happen. I got to pay somebody else to do it. Right? Think about how God works. Isn't, isn't that amazing where this baby should have been placed in the Nile for death, but God turned it around and says, you're going to see life among your baby. Not only that, but you're going to be a part of your baby's life and teach them how you want to teach him how what, what you want to be ta- uh, what, what you want him to be taught. And then on top of that, we're going to compensate you and paying you for it. Amen. That's amazing, isn't it? The rewards come when we are just to say, Lord, I don't know, here, have it. I'm going to give it to you. I'm no longer going to hold on to it. The reward was when she let him go in the Nile, and by faith, she said, God, have, have your will. And God says, now nah, I can do something. You finally gave it up, Joker. it's been three months, and I've been trying to tell you to give it up. Right? But it's like that in our lives. It's been a month, Dennis. It's been a year, Dennis. It's been three years, Dennis. It's been 10 years, Dennis. And I told you to give it up. Give it up. Amen? When we give in to God and we we say, Lord, just have it, that's when we will see our reward. Amen? Let me tell you this. The greatest reward that we can see as mamas Seeing our babies saved. Seeing them saved. Amen. You know, I was thinking about this week about our children. You don't know where your child is going to be in 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Think about that. Baby Cairo could be the next president of the United States. Right? Baby Amaya could be a mayor of Fontana. Baby Jeremiah be the next Billy Graham, you don't know. How would you train your children differently if you viewed that of their little soul of what they can become in life, amen? And take that and say, Lord, have your way in it. What a reward that would be to say, you know what, I was the the pastor of the next Billy Graham. or I was the pastor of the next Moses. I was the parent of the next Moses, right? Even if even if you don't have any kids, you can say I had I had an impact, and I remember little Jeremiah. I remember little E. Z. and Michael up there being dedicated. Twenty years later, they 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 invented this something cure for cancer, whatever it may be, and think you know what? That little baby could also you could have impacted that baby's life the way that you live your life. Amen. You never know. You never know what the reward will be. In closing with this, i tell you this morning that Mama, she knows best. Jochebed is a portrait of a godly mother. Amen? The question this morning is not if you're just a mom or a dad. It doesn't matter who you are, male, female. It doesn't matter. The question this morning is how do you rank against her life? How do you rank against her life? Her life should encourage us. It should challenge us. It should encourage us to be just like she is, to realize that our credentials do not rest in us. They rest in him. Amen? It should challenge us to have the courage to do not just what's right, but what's godly. It should challenge us to have faith to let go and let God. Amen? And it should encourage us. Listen to this. It should encourage us because the same God that saw Moses live in the Nile that had his hand of protection along Moses' life and guided him to the daughter, Pharaoh's daughter is the same God that we serve today. Same God that we serve today. And for that, church, that should encourage us. Amen? No difference in God whatsoever. Because if you say there is, what you're calling God is a liar. Because he says, my word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? And hopefully one day we can be in that hall of faith. Say, Dennis Kingsland, there you are. Liz Martinez, there you are, right? Bill Dodd, there you are. Sarah Jeffries, there you are, right? There you are, amen? Let's go before the Father in prayer. Stand with me. I hope that it encouraged you. I hope that challenged you. It challenges me. But if you need prayer for whatever reason in the minute, after we dismiss, you can come on up. I'm more than happy to pray for you doesn't matter if it's a minute after, five minutes after, 10 minutes after, 30 minutes after, whatever. Don't leave today if you feel the the tug of God upon your life. Don't put it off another day. Amen. Heavenly Father, I come before you today, Lord, and I thank you, Lord. I thank you for our mamas. Lord, but more importantly, I thank you for you. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for what you've instilled in Jochebed's life, Lord. Lord, those same characteristics are applied to our life, Heavenly Father. They're applied to each one of our lives, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that we recognize them. I pray, Lord, that you provide us with courage. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you provide us with faith, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you teach us to let go and allow God to work in and through our lives, Heavenly Father. I thank you for your word, Lord. Speak to us this week, Heavenly Father, through your word, Lord. Allow it to come back into remembrance, Heavenly Father. When we feel like we're discouraged or we feel like our credentials are not enough, Lord, remind us who we are in you, I pray, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for your church, Heavenly Father. I thank you for each individual that's here, Lord. I thank you for your word, Lord. I ask you, Lord, to bless us this week, Heavenly Father. Protect us, keep us safe, bring us back next Sunday, Heavenly Father, for another awesome time in the word with you, Lord. We give you the praise, we give you the glory, and we give you the honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Have a blessed Mother's Day, church. God bless you. We'll see you back next week.